episode 12 of Kale's Watching Tale, the show where I pull something out of my bag that I've watched and I tell you how I felt about it. For today's episode, I have R plus L equals A in my bag because I will be reviewing Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 7, The Dragon and the Wolf. My rating for this episode is absolutely a 6 out out of 5. This episode was freaking amazing. It was the best episode of Game of Thrones so far. It was really, really good. The reason why it was so good is like basically just just about everything that we brought up that we didn't like, that was stupid, like the whole journey beyond the wall, Sansa and Arya fighting, you know, all that stuff that didn't make sense. It now made sense. And the fact that Jamie was still with freaking uh, uh, Cersei, they, they, they fixed that whole situation too. So they fixed a lot of things that we didn't think were going to work or we didn't think made sense. And they fixed it and they said, basically, we knew this is where we were heading and we were going to trick you guys until we got there. So um, the only thing, bad thing about this episode being the finale of season seven is we have to wait like two years for the next season. So that really sucks that we have to wait so long until we can see Game of Thrones again. But as far as bad things in this episode, I couldn't find a one. I absolutely love it. Even the rewatch to do my notes, I absolutely loved it. Like, my heart was pounding. It was amazing. Um, I'm going to go through the episode basically just the way they played. I'm not going to chunk together areas. I'm just going to go through the whole episode the way it was played. Now, this episode was about 80, 81 minutes. It's the longest episode of Game of Thrones. And me going through and talking about this, and there's a lot of things that I want to talk about, is this is going to be a long episode that I'm recording. So just, you know, hold on to your socks and get prepared because it's going to be a big one. But we open up in King's Landing. Um, you see the Unsullied Army, they're posted up, and we see it's a friend at the King's Landing. And Bronn and uh, Jamie and everybody, they are all up on the walls of the, of the castle of King's Landing. And all the soldiers are back behind and they're getting ready because like the, all of the, I mean, all the Unsullied there, they was like, oh, she gonna, you know, they ready to fight if something pop off. So we need to be ready to fight if something pop off. So they're, um, they have some soldiers and they're filling up some barrels and Bron comes by and he asked them, he's like, is that, um, oil? And the guy was like, no, it's pitch. And Bron was like, well, how many barrels do you have? He said 500. He's like 500 more. And the guy keeps calling Bron like, my lord, my lord. And so Bron um, takes that to her. He's like, I like it when they call me my lord. He tells that to Jamie later. But, you know, everybody's getting ready. They talk about um, the Unsullied. And Bron's like, you know, uh, an army full of cockless uh, dudes or whatever. And Jamie was like, well, you know, they fight for gold. And Jamie and Bron was like, I've seen what men that I fight for use their gold on. I don't think that's it. And Jamie's like, well, they fight for family. He's like, Bron's like, not without a cock. And they don't. And then Jamie's like, well, it all is cocks in the end. And then they start to talk about how Tyrion sided with the cockless or whatever. And, you know, Jamie goes, well, my brother always liked the underdog or whatever. And then you see the Darfraki army come up screaming like they're just 
riding up and he, you know, doing all those screaming or whatever like that. And so you see, uh, Jamie's face. He's like, Oh crap. Not them again. Like they're like, they're looking like, Oh shit. These guys are here. So basically all of the Dothraki, all of the Unsullied, they're all standing in front of the walls of King's Landing. They're all posted up for this meeting. Um, her, her army is huge. Like if they were to fight that day, then King's Landing wouldn't be able to stand against them. Like they would have failed quickly. Um, you see Tyrion and Jon and the rest of them, they're riding their five little ships up to King's Landing. And then you see Euron on the other side has like hundreds and hundreds of ships. And so you see like, you know, as far as land base, um, soldiers, Danny's team has it as far as, you know, the sea, Euron has it. Um, and John is on the ship with Tyrion and he asks Tyrion, he was like, how many people live in King's Landing? And Tyrion's like, well, about a million. And then John was like, why would so many people want to be, uh, shut up in such a small place? And Tyrion was like, well, you know, the work's better there. You know, the brothels are far superior, you know. And um, we see Hound go under the uh, below deck or whatever, and he checks on the white. The white's in this box, and he just walks up to it really slowly, and then he gives it a quick knock on it, and then you hear the white just going crazy in the box. So, like, you know, everybody's scared that this white is going to die before he gets to King's Landing. So at this point, we know that the white is still alive, and, it's, it, you know, the plan is all not for not. Um, you see, um, Cersei, she's getting ready. She's standing there with, um, Jamie, Kyburn, and the Mountain. And she asks, um, are they here? And, or why is Danny not with them? And they're like, I don't know. And she was like, um, is my brother here? And they're like, yeah, your brother's here. And so she tells the Mountain, she's like, if anything happens, you kill the silver-haired bitch first, then my brother, and then the the northern king or whatever, the northern bastard that calls himself king. And then everybody else, you just kill however you want. And, you know, she walks out. And Jamie has this look on his face like, you know, oh, God, please don't let this happen. Like, she's, we don't want to go to war with these people. Um, then you see the group, uh, Danny's group, they're walking past the dragon pit. And, you know, the Dragon Pit, I don't know if it's been mentioned in the show before, but it is very prominent in the books. But at this point, they're just talking about the Dragon Pit. Like, this is the first introduction we get to the Dragon Pit for the whole seven seasons that we've been watching the show. Um, this is the first time we see the Dragon Pit at all. And they talk about, um, they have a whole conversation about how, um, you know, they locked the dragons up in there. And, you know, basically that was the dragon's downfall. Um, Bron shows up from the other side and he meets him. He's like, it looks like your friends are already got there. Um, I'm here to escort you to the dragon pit or whatever. And it's Brienne and Pod. And then Brienne and the hound share a look like, oh, you're still alive. You know, they both give that look like, oh, wow, I remember you. And Pod and Tyrion, Pod walks up to Tyrion and they have a cute little reunion. Um, 
they're like, oh, we're fighting for the other side and it's good to see you and all that other stuff like that. And Bron yells back, you can suck this magic cup later, basically, uh, you know, saying, let's go, guys. You know, we can talk about this later. <clears throat> then we have a little conversation between mom and pop of Arya, um, the hound and Bran. And Bran's like, I thought you were dead. And he was like, um, I was close to it or you were close to it or something like that. And basically, um, she tells him, I found Arya. She's back at Winterfell. She's safe. And the Hound was like, um, well, if she's at Winterfell, who's watching her while you're here? And she goes, the only person that needs protecting is the one that gets. So, oh, he said, why aren't you, who's there protecting her? If you're here, who's there protecting Arya? And she's like, the only one that needs protecting is the one that gets in her way. And they share like this little cute smile. It's like, you know, kind of like mom and pop. It's like her surrogate mom and pop. They share this smile like, oh, our girl's grown up. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, Tyrion talks about Ron. He's like um, asking him like if he ever wanted to switch sides. Remember, whatever they're paying you, I'll pay double. And Bron's like, it's okay. I'm looking after myself these days. And Taryn asks, um, well, how are you looking after yourself when you set up this meet in between us? He was like, well, what I did was basically I set up a meeting that brought two traitors of the crown to Cersei. I'm walking them through the gates or whatever. So um, she'll have two uh, traitors heads that she can lop off whenever she don't want to hear him talking. So in my position, I feel like I'm doing good. Y'all ain't. <clears throat> and you know Tyrion's like you know it's good to see you and Bronn says the same thing so you know you kind of miss their interaction or whatever and it's really cute to see that you know all these reunions them you know meeting up after so many years of not seeing each other and them actually fighting on different sides now and then we get the walk into the dragon pit um all of the people, they're walking up. Cersei's not there yet or whatever. They're all walking up to this kind of stage area that has, like, these three little uh, seating sections. And they're looking around, just trying to make sure it's not a trap or whatever like that. And Bron walks up to Pod, and he's like, hey, Pod, you want let's go have a drink and let these fancy folks uh, talk or whatever. And, you know, it's it doesn't seem like much if, uh, you know... It doesn't seem like much because they're kind of lower level people. But the reason why it was done is basically because uh, Lena Haiti and the guy that played Ron, they dated like 15 years ago. And for some reason, like they they broke up and the breakup was so bad that they um, told the the producers or the writers or the creators of the show that like they don't want to be in a scene together. And so that was basically a reason to get Ron out of the situation before Cersei comes in. So that was a cool thing that they did, you know, kind of played it like it was nothing. But like there's a reason behind why Bron and Pod went to go to have a drink and didn't stay. Um, Hound goes up to Tyrion. He was like, I left this ship city because I didn't want to die here. He's like, are we going to die here? And Tyrion's like, um, I forget what they say. They kind of have a conversation about like, um, uh, this is a clever plan or whatever like that. And behind every um, Lannister, there's a there's a click um, doing their bidding or whatever like that. And then you see Cersei show up with the Mountain, Kyber, and Jamie Euron, and you know her guards. Uh, Jamie walks past 
um, Brienne and he gives her kind of a look. It's not like a, you know, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Look, how you doing? Look, it kind of gives him like she he gives her like a glare, which I don't know what that's about. But Cersei does glare at Tyrion and we all know what that's about. Euron gives Theon a look and he kind of laughs at him. And then, you know, they all sit down. Team Danny sits on one side. Team John sits on the other side. And then Cersei is like in the middle in the head at the head of him. And they're all sitting and they're waiting and they're like, um, you know, they're not really saying anything. The hound walks up to the mountain and he was like, oh, uh, he said, hey, brother, you know, you know, what did they do to you? You're even fucking uglier than I am now. You know, he's like, um, it doesn't matter. He's like, what, what did they do to you? It doesn't matter. Uh, you know who's coming for you. You've always known. So that's basically hint, hint, hint. We gonna get Clegane Bowl. And hopefully, hopefully they do it next season and they don't just kind of blow past it or it doesn't happen or whatever like that because everybody 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 have been clamoring for Clegane Bowl basically the mountain versus the hound and you know the mountain is kind of like this crazy strong zombie guy now and the hound he's not really stronger so it will suck like if the hound loses this fight but I, I want him to win. I want him to like, I want it to be something where the mountain and the hound are fighting and there's like some kind of element, like the mountain tries to use fire or whatever to intimidate the hound and it doesn't work. Like he overcame it. Cause you know, as you can see in the episode beyond the wall, he's still having issues with fire. So he hasn't fully, you know, gotten over, the whole fear of fire so it would be awesome to see him overcome that just to beat his brother so hopefully that happens next season i mean next season is the last season it's the only season we got and it's only six episodes so hopefully they get to throw that in because that's what everybody has been wanting and then the mountain doesn't really say anything um he just the hound just go walks back to his area or whatever like that and the mountain does the same um then we get um Cersei. Cersei's sitting down there and they're all sitting and waiting and they ask, um, where is she? She asks, where is she? And Tyrion's like, um, she's not here yet. And then um Cersei was like, Oh, she didn't ride with you? And he was like, Uh no, she didn't she didn't ride with us. And so Cersei gives Brienne this look, and then Brienne is like shook. She's like, oh God. And she looks over at Jamie, and Cersei sees that, and she looks at Jamie too, and it's like, oh my God. It's just so much tension between them. And then finally you hear like the, the, the dragon call, and Danny shows up riding Drogon and with a Rhaegal flying around in the background. And then Drogon, he comes and he lands on like the edge of the dragon pit and he's roaring and he's like looking at everybody kind of like just being real intimidating. Like one of y'all jump off and do something. Let me just see one of y'all jump off and do something and it's going to be on. Basically, that's what he's saying. And you see how Danny gets off of Drogon. It's basically her gliding down. Like she's standing on Drogon's shoulder and he lowers his shoulder down to his foot to where she can kind of just glide down gracefully. I was like, oh, that looks so amazing. That is so badass. And it's just amazing. And Cersei got this 
look on her face like she is so pissed. And she tells Danny, we've been here for some time, which is like you haven't. You just showed up. So don't don't even try to act like because Cersei wanted to be the one that made the grand entrance and she got one up by Danny. So she's pissed about that. So Cersei, shut up. Sit to the side. We do see. um, Oh, Tyrion gets up and he starts to make his presentation about what's going on. And right as he starts, Euron jumps up and he's like, Theon. Theon, submit to me. I have your sister. Submit to me and I'll give her back or whatever like that. And Tyrion's looking like, mm, okay, what's going on now? And uh, he says, like, um, I'm trying to get to this great point or something like that. Like, And Euron's like, well, why did they choose you? Kind of mocking on Tyrion's, like, shortness. And he turned, Tyrion turns to Theon and he was like, remember when we talked about the short jokes? And Theon's like, yeah, his wasn't even good. And Tyrion's like, yeah, if you have to explain it, then it doesn't really work. And so he's still, Euron um, is still in Tyrion's face. And then um, Jamie tells him to sit down. And he was like, you know, he's not willing to listen or whatever like that. And then Cersei tells him, sit down or leave. Put a dot in it. Put a dot in that. Put a pin in that. Because we're going to come back to that later. Um, so Tyrion's talking about how, you know, we all hate each other. And, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't important or whatever like that. Then John gets up and he talks about how there's the army of the dead and we have to fight them. There's a million people in this city. And if we don't fight them, then, you know, all is lost or whatever like that. And then Cersei makes a joke about, oh, that'll be... Um, That'll be an improvement for some of the people that live here. And John gets, like, serious. He's like, this is serious. I wouldn't be here if it weren't. And Danny's, I mean, Cersei's like, well, this is a, uh, I believe this is a plot for Danny. I pull my people back. And then she either fights the um, people up north or she um, gathers more men to come and fight me later. She's like, this is all a plot. This is all a ploy. I don't believe any of this. And Danny's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Your cities are safe until after this war is over. I just want a truce. And um, Cersei doesn't believe any of that. And then Tyrion's like, well, we have something to show you. So calm all that down. Let me show you what's up. And so we have the hound. He's bringing the box up. He's carrying it on his back. And he sets it down on the ground. And he's, like, opening the box or whatever like that. And this whole time, Cersei is looking super unimpressed. She's looking around like, ugh, what is this? What are y'all trying to show me? Like, you know, I'm ready to go. This ain't nothing to me. Whatever. And so when he, the hound opens up the box at first, nothing happens. It's just, like, really quiet and nothing's moving and then Cersei she's still looking like what is this I mean come on now and then so the hound kicks the box over and as soon as he kicks the box over the white comes screaming out and he comes and like makes a beeline for Cersei and you see her face her face is like oh shit this junk is real oh my god like she sits back in her chair and it like gets about three inches from her face and it's call a claw and whatever like that hound has like a chain around his neck and kind of pulls it back right at the you know right moment 
And Cersei is shook. She's like, oh my God, it's real or whatever like that. So the hound pulls out his knife or whatever. Um, he pulls the um, white bag and he goes and like chops it in half. And so like his legs are laying on the ground. Its body is on the ground. His torso or whatever. And it's still like wriggling around and trying to get him, trying to get him. So he goes and he chops the hand off and the hand is like still moving. And Kyber gets up and he is so fascinated with it. He picks up the hand and he looks at it. And he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And John gets up and he was like, his part of the presentation, he was like, um, if you don't um, save or you don't help us fight the dead, this is the fate of everybody in King's Landing. And he picks up the hand and uh, what's his name? Uh, Davos lights up a torch and he's like, well, you can kill him by burning him. And then he pulls out this dragon glass uh, knife and he's like, or stabbing him with dragon glass and he stabs it and it dies. And Cersei's face is like, oh my God. And John is like, basically, um, all this squabbling or whatever that we're going through, that's nothing. The Great War is here right now and we need to fight it. That's what's more important. And Euron gets up and he comes and looks at the white and he's like, can they swim? And John's like, no. He's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go. I'm taking all my fleet and we're going back to the Iron Islands. We're going to wait this out until it's over. And they're like, wait, what do you mean you're going? He was like, I've seen, I've been all over the world. I've seen a lot of scary stuff. And this is the only thing that really, truly scares me. So I am out. And he walks up to Danny and he's basically like, I'm going back to my island. You should go back to your island. And when it's all over, we'll be the only ones alive. And then Bucks out. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to that later. And so Cersei, after a while, um, oh, um, Danny's like, yeah, I've seen the dead. I've seen them with my own eyes. This is not a ploy. This is not fake or whatever like that. And Jamie asks, how many are there? And she said, I saw at least a hundred thousand of them. And Jamie's face is like, oh my god, like we can't fight that. And so Cersei says, well, she, I accept the truce. As long as the king in the north stays in the north, he doesn't choose sides, he doesn't uh, try to fight the Lannisters or whatever like that. And she was, um, and uh, Danny's like, well, just the king in the north and not me. And Cersei's like, well, I would never ask you that because basically you're not going to agree to that. And if you do agree with that, I ain't going to trust you anyway. So I'm asking Ned Stark's son because I know Ned Stark's son is going to be true to his word and he's going to um, tell the truth. And he's going to hold his promise or whatever. And so John is looking around, looking around. And he was like, yeah, I am true. And I, I, I have to stay true. But, you know, I can't serve two queens. And I've already pledged loyalty to Danny. And so everybody in there is looking like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, Jon Snow? Cersei is looking really pissed. She was like, well, if you're not going to agree to my terms, then guess what? It's over. There's no truce. Y'all go fight the North and die. And then I'll be here waiting for whenever y'all done. And she walks off. And Jamie looks real pissed. And he walks off with her, too. And so Brienne catches up with Jamie. He was like, she was like, this is real. This is what's happening right now. We, you guys have to fight, help us fight the dead or else we're all dead or whatever like that. And, uh, uh, Jamie's like, well, I guess I'll see you on the other side of the battlefield. 
um, because I fight, I'm loyal to the queen and then you're loyal to the Stark girls and their brothers. And Brienne just basically comes out and says, fuck loyalty. This is what's important. We have to fight the dead. Forget whose house you fight for. We, we have to fight for the living. You need to talk to Cersei and you need to get her to get on our side. And Jamie's like, tell her and tell her what? Like, you know, she's not going to listen. And he walks off and you see Cersei looking at them like, you know, I know you guys. She knows that they have like a little connection or whatever like that. So she um, she walks off like she's kind of pissed that they're even talking, basically. Then we have everybody, they're kind of basically, after Cersei walks off, they're like telling, Tyrion tells John, he was like, I know you're all honorable and everything like that, but could it, it, I, you know, I'm glad you bent the knee to our our queen. If I was advising you, I would have told you to do that, but did it ever occur to you to lie every now and again? And everybody's like, yeah, dude, you should have lied. You should have lied. Um, Danny's like, I, you know, I appreciate everything you're doing, but now is not the time to be, you know, pissing off Cersei. You know, if, you know, if this doesn't work, my dragon died for nothing. It was all for nothing. And, you know, John, he's looking kind of like defeated or whatever like that. But he's like, well, you know, I couldn't, I know, I know y'all gonna talk about who my dad is and, you know, him being honorable is what got his head cut off, but I couldn't lie. He was like, when enough people make false promises, words stop meaning anything and it's just more lies and more lies pat on top of each other. And then what do you have? Then you have nothing. So Taryn was like, well, you know what? I guess we're fucked. And um, Taryn's like, well, this is what I can do. I can go talk to Cersei and see if I can change your mind. And Danny was like, I didn't come all this way to have my hand murdered, you know, in King's Landing by his sister or whatever. And Tyrion's like, well, you know, she won't murder me. She'll talk to me or whatever like that. And John's like, well, why don't I go talk to her? It was my fault. I need, I can go talk to her and try to persuade her over. And Tyrion's like, if you talk to her, she'll definitely murder you. Like, she don't care nothing about you. She'll definitely murder you. It has to be me. I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to see if I can try to fix this. And so we see the mountain escorting Tyrion to the Tower of the Hand to go talk to Cersei. And Tyrion's looking like, you know, this is the worst decision I ever made, but he's just walking or whatever. And Jamie comes out. And, you know, you could tell that Jamie's no longer mad at Tyrion. Like the first time they met this season, um, he, you know, um, Jamie, you could tell, was um, mad at 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 Tyrion. He, like he was like, "You killed our father," and blah blah blah. Like he had this attitude with him, but now it seems like whatever he was mad at, that kind of went away. That's true, like familial love, right there. Like you never stay mad at people. Um, Cersei doesn't have that. Forget Cersei. But between them two brothers, you can tell that like they really, really love each other. The fact that Jamie was so pissed off at him the first time he seen him since, uh, you know, the murder of Tywin. But now he he's his brother again. So that's what I love. I absolutely love that. Um, but he, um, Taryn asked Jamie, he's like, did you speak to her? And Jamie was like, well, I kind of spoke at her um, until she 
uh, sent me away and told me I was an idiot for trusting you. And Tyrion's like, well, no, I'm the idiot. You know, I'm about to talk to this woman who's tried to kill me at least twice that I know of. So I'm the idiot for going in there. And Jamie's like, well, I guess we should get, say goodbye, one idiot to another. And they have a little moment, and then Tyrion walks slowly into the room like, like this is his final walk. And the way it's shot, too, it kind of looks like that could be his final moment or whatever. Like, him and Jamie coming together, and, like, them having that great moment, and then him going in there, and the way they shot it, it looked like that could have been his final moment. Spoiler alert, it wasn't, but we're going to go through that. And then we have... um the mountain, like Tyrion's walking in the room, the mountain closes the door behind him. And Cersei is sitting at the, the desk or whatever, and she's just scowling. She has like this mean, ugly look on her face. And she was like, um, you brought that um, foreign whore here. Oh, she's like, that's the, just the type of person you like, the foreign whore that doesn't know her place. And he was like, well, this one you can't get your hands on and beat and, and, um, and kill or whatever like that. And so she's like, well, this was your plan all along to have that boy king kneel to her. And you're trying to destroy our family. And, you know, you killed our uh, father and you killed my children or whatever like that. And Tyrion's like, yeah, I killed our father. He wanted to murder me for a crime that I didn't do. And plus, you know, he've always hated me for being who I am and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, you're so, so poor Tyrion. You know, your daddy was mean to you. And he's like, dude, this, you know, you've wanted to kill me for years or whatever like that. And he, oh, she says, like, uh, you left it open for us. You left the um, the vultures came and tore us apart and blah, blah, blah. And Tyrion's like, you know what? That's not, you know, I, I love the kids or whatever. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. He was like, you know what? If you want to kill me, go ahead and kill me. Just tell the mountain to go ahead and kill me right here and right then. He And, you know, kind of goating her on. He's like, you know, I killed our father. I killed our mother when I was born. And, you know, I thought about killing you. And, you know, there's so many ways that I thought about killing you. Why don't you just have him kill me right now? Give him the, give him the nod. Go ahead and have him kill me. And she's looking and she's kind of contemplating it for a second. And then she looks away. And then, you know, Terrence like, because <sighs> he thought he was going to die right then. Like, it was really tense. I thought he was going to die right then. And so he walks up to the, you know, pours him a cup of wine and downs that down. And then he pours one for Cersei and gives it to her. And he was like, out of everything that you believe, you have to believe that I am more sorry about the children than anything. I love those kids and I never wanted him. I mean, never want anything to happen to them. You have to believe that even in your cold heart, you have to believe that. And she's like, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, what you did, it costs our future. You basically are trying to destroy this house. And, um, he's like, um, and they talk about like him following Danny or whatever. And he's like, uh, she asks why he thinks that Danny would be a great ruler. And he said, I think that she would make this world a better place. She listens to her advisors. Unlike you, you don't listen to anybody. And, um, you know, she she's moldable and she's what's better for the country and Cersei starts to talk and she starts to go on about uh, well I don't care about the world I only care about me and my family and she touches her stomach 
And after she touches his stomach, I'm a, I'm not going to lie. I don't hear anything she says because I'm looking at Terry's reaction to him seeing her touch her on her stomach. And he's just saying, I don't think he hears anything she's saying either because he's just trying to figure it out. And then he goes, you're pregnant. And she kind of looks up and she doesn't say anything. And then the scene ends. Put a pin in that. Then we, um, we go back out to Dragon Pit and, you know, John is like feeling real sorry for himself. And he's like, man, you know, I, you know, I shouldn't have done that or whatever like that. And, or he's not saying anything. He's just looking really mopey or whatever. And Danny comes up. She's like, I respect what you did, but I wish you wouldn't have done that. And then they start there. They're seeing like all these little baby dragon bones or not baby dragon bones, just drag, small dragon bones on the ground. And she talks about how the dragon pit was a destruction of the dragons and therefore destruction of our family. She uses we a lot, which is kind of a nod because she doesn't know that John's a Targaryen. But the fact that she uses we a lot is really funny. But she's like, you know, we locked these dragons up in here and it was ultimately their destruction. And when they died, that also destroyed our house. They destroyed our family. And he was like, well, your family's not destroyed. You're still here or whatever. And like they're playing with like this, this jaw, uh, babe, like this tiny dragon jaw. And like she's holding it first and then he she passes it to him. And when she passes it to him, he kind of like touches her finger oh so slightly. You know how when you're flirting with somebody, you, you pass them something, your hands touch just a little bit. That's kind of what's went on there. And they're kind of getting close or whatever like that. And she talks about the dragons being her kids, saying how the witch told her that she would never have kids or whatever. And John's like, uh, do you ever stop to think that maybe that she's not the most reliable person in the world to tell you that you can't have kids? And they just stand there and they look at each other. And they look like they're about to kiss. But we see Tyrion come back. He's coming back. Um to the dragon pit and he walks in and then you see Cersei following him back as well. Cersei and her whole crew. And she walks out there and she's like, I'm not going to pull my armies back. I'm not going to, um, you know, not going to basically, I'm not going to pull back. My armies will fight alongside with you. They're going to go to the North with you and we're going to fight this army for the dead. And she was like, I hope you remember this after all that fighting's done that I helped you guys without any insurances for anybody. And, you know, and she tells her people, she's like, call our banners, call all our banners. And it's like this really good, like music swelling, like John and them, they're super happy. They're like, oh my gosh, she's going to help. Tyrion, you did it. Yay. Put a pin in that. The next scene we see is Winterfell. We see a raven flying through like a windstorm or whatever and is heading to Winterfell. And you see Sansa, she's um, sitting at this table in her office or whatever. And she has um, this scroll in her hand and she's pissed off. She's like, oh, um, John, um, John bent the knee to that... Uh, to da- Daenerys and I can't believe he'd do that without talking to me no he was like um I, I think Littlefinger kind of say well you know he, he wouldn't do that without talking to you she's like no this is John this is what John does he does stuff like this and he don't talk to me about it he just flies off and do whatever he wants and that's what he does so like that's him and Littlefinger was like well I heard that Daenerys was you know very beautiful and so I was like well what does that mean 
And he was like, well, she's young, he's young, and, you know, they might be thinking about alliance. And, like, Sansa doesn't get it. She's like, why would he marry her or whatever like that? He's like, mm, join the houses, make it better, you know, stronger, whatever like that. And he tells um, Sansa, he was like, John was named Kingdom North. She said, he can be unnamed. And she was like, well, Sansa, she was like, Sansa was like, Arya would kill me if I do that. And he was like, oh, she wouldn't do that. And she was like, she's a faceless man. Like, do you know what a faceless man are? What they do? They're killers. She walks around with a bag full of faces that of people that she's killed. Like, she's dangerous. And so Sansa goes, I mean, Little thing goes on this thing. He's like, well, when I'm trying to figure out what people are going to do, I like to play a little game. I like to think of what is the worst that they could possibly want. What uh, what's the worst situation or whatever that drives her actions or whatever like that? And she um he asks her what is the worst thing that Ari can want? And she's like, well, she can want me dead. And he goes, well, why did she come to Winterfell? And she says to kill me for um for basically marrying my our enemies. And he was, he was like, why did she unearth the letter Cersei made you write, forced you to write? And she was like, so she could have proof and justification after she murders me to the Northern Lords so they can follow her. And he was like, well, after she murders you, what does she become? And she and Sansa looks up. And this whole time they're playing like this ominous music or whatever like that, because you see Littlefinger's face and he's like looking so happy with himself. And he's like leading her where she wants to go, where he wants her to go. And he's like, after she murders you, what does she become? And she's like, the Lady of Winterfell. And he looks, like, satisfied. He's like, up, oh, point, did it, I got it. She is against her now. And so we leave from there, and we go to Dragonstone. And in Dragonstone, we have John and Danny and crew making plans to head north. And John says to Danny, um, you know, we can... Like tell him we can um, get the Dothraki on our ships and sell them up there to Winterfell. Um, we'll um, the not not the Dothraki, the Unsullied can um, go on the ships and sell sell to Winterfell. The Dothraki they can go on the King's Road and we'll meet up with them at a certain point. I think he said in White Harbor, and you should sell with me so that way we can you know head up there together. And Joe was like, no, I don't think you should sail with him. I think you should fly because, like, if you're on the road, then somebody's going to want to kill you because, like, they want to be ambitious and end the war. So they're going to try to kill you. And so John's like, well, no, if you ride with us, it sends a better message. It sends that we're a message that we're a united front and that you're not, you know, trying to intimidate anybody. And so Danny looks around and she makes her decision and she's like, I've not come to conquer the North. I've come to save the North. And she basically chooses the dick she wants. She chooses John's plan. I'm going to go ride with John. I'm sorry, Joer. Joer, you've been friend zoned again. Joer gives this look like, mm, okay, all right, this keeps happening. You know, when is he going to give up? When is he going to give up? When is he going to realize that Danny don't want him? She don't want you. She, she, she don't want you. She'll rather have whatever's new and young. So back up. Just be a friend. But um, they're leaving the meeting and John is walking out with Davos and Theon's like, hey, John, can I have a word with you? 
Um, and then he talks about how John always knew it was right. Even when they were growing up, you know, you always knew the right thing to do. You always knew the right thing to say. And, you know, basically tell him how perfect he is. And John's like, um, I, you know, I'm not perfect. I've done plenty of things that I regret. And Theon's like, well, not compared to me, you haven't. And John's like, no, no, not compared to you. But um, Theon said how, you know, he always wanted to do the right thing. And he feels like he's been pulled from both sides, you know, Greyjoy and Stark. And John comes up to him. He's like, you know, Ned was um, Ned Stark was more of a father than you, than your father was. And you betrayed him and you betrayed his legacy. And Theon, you know, he's getting a little, um, you know, looking a little, you know, down or whatever like that. But John's like. Uh, telling him, you know, he's a part of you, just like he is a part of me. And he says, I can't forgive you for everything that you've done, but I can't forgive you for the things that I can't forgive you for. And Tyrion, uh, I mean, Theon, um, oh no, John goes like, basically, you don't need to choose. You're a Greyjoy and a Stark. And then at that point, Theon looks like he's about to like, trying to hold back some tears. He's like, God, you know, you know, I'm accepted. They love me. And so he starts to talk about Yara. He was like, whenever I was captured by Ramsey, Yara was the only one that tried to save me. Yara was the only one that got on that boat and came after to get me. My father didn't come get me. Yara was the only one. And when it was time for me to try to save her, you know, I choked. He's like, I'm the only one that can save her now. And she needs me now. And so John's like, why are you standing here talking to me? Just go. And so we see um, the Iron Iners there on the shore, whatever. They're loading up their little tiny boats to go get on their big boat and sail home. And Theon comes up and he was like, um, Yara was our captain. We all came here. We all followed Yara. And she's in trouble now and we need to save her. And one of the Ironborn dudes, he's like, um, she's dead. And Theon's like, well, she's not dead. You're on hazard. And the guy was like, well... Yara might not have like slit her throat yet, but Yara is dead. She's good as dead to us. We're going to sail east. We're going to find us a nice little island. Them things can't swim because so they can't come get us. We're going to find us a nice little island, kill all the men, and take the women for ourselves and just live out this whole disaster. And then I was like, no, we're done with that. And the guy was like, well, what do you mean we're done with that? He was like, Yara made a promise. We don't do that anymore. And so the dude's getting mad at Theon and he kind of spits in his face. Uh, oh, he tells him, he was like, um, this, that's what we're doing. We're not, you know, we're not with you, whatever like that. Why don't you run away, little Theon? That's what you do do best. And then kind of spits in Theon's face. And that, it, they fight. So Theon is getting his ass kicked. Like, he is getting, like, beat down for real. And the dude is telling Theon, he's like, stay down or I'll kill you. And then, you know, Theon's just getting back up. And, you know, the guy knocks him back down and he tells him again, you can tell he's starting to get out of breath and stuff like that. And the dude's like, stay down or I'll kill you. And, you know, Theon keeps getting up and we're like, yay, Theon. And then so the dude gets Theon and he goes to kick him in the balls. But, uh oh, he forgot that Theon doesn't have any balls anymore. 
And so Theon, he doesn't react and he kicks him again and Theon doesn't react and he kicks him one more time and then Theon looks up like, oh, you done fucked up now, motherfucker. Now, hold on. My thing is with that, I have not been kicked in my private area, but I have hit it a couple of times. That junk still hurt because it's like meat on top of bone and your meat can get bruised. I don't know if maybe when he got his the stem, the pillars and the, you know, balls or whatever cut off. Maybe it cut off some of his like nerve endings or something like he can't feel anything down there anymore. That's like the, like the only reason why I would think that it didn't hurt or maybe he got he always keeps a lot of padding down there for some reason. I don't know. But that should have hurt Theon. But instead, it gives Theon life. When that dude kicks him for the third time and doesn't work, Theon's like, oh, yeah. And he basically almost kills this dude. He knocks him down, and he just starts welling on his face, welling on dude's face. And dude don't get back up. So I think he killed that dude. And, um, you know, Theon, he's still disoriented or whatever like that. And he gets up, and he was like, um... You know, if you don't do, you don't have to do this for me. You don't have to follow me, but we're going to do this for Yar. And he goes, for Yar. And everybody's like, for Yar! And they start loading up. And he walks to the water and kind of washes his face. And it's kind of like him washing Reek away. Like, he is not really washing Reek away. Because I think he's at this point now where basically he doesn't have to choose. Like, it's the whole thing with um the conversation between John and him basically he's like you're you're a Greyjoy and a Stark so this is him choosing between being Theon and Reek he's like you don't have to choose between being Theon and Reek you can be both like we know you're a coward you know you're broken but then you're also Theon so like you have to do whatever you have to do to go and save your sister and so that's a cool thing. You know, it's a great redemption. Like this whole thing from when Dion started in season one, first episode, like we didn't really like Dion. He wasn't particularly bad, but he was real cocky and he just thought he was hot shit all the time. And then when he takes over Winterfell and I think it was season two. I believe season two or season three, then you start to hate Theon. It's like, oh, Theon is the worst. Like, I hope he, you know, gets murked. I hope, you know, whatever happens to him is not is not bad enough or whatever. And then he gets captured by Reek, I mean, by um, Ramsey and becomes Reek. And then that whole time you're like, dang, like, I wanted Theon to get his comeuppance, but this is like really messed up. This is really bugged up. I didn't want it to be like this. So you start to feel bad for him. And then he kind of, when he saves Sansa, he kind of gets some points or whatever like that. But he's still kind of reek or whatever. And and then at the uh, boat fight at the beginning of the season, you're like, you're thinking like, you know, okay, here go Theon. And he's fighting and everything like that. And he looks good. But as soon as, you know, he meets up with Yaron and Yaron's like, come get your sister. I got her he turns back to reek so it's like his his redemption has kind of been up and down and i think now from now on especially since we only have one season left i think from now on this is going to be like his heroic ending like i don't think he's going to make it out of season eight but i do believe he's going to wind up uh saving yar if not killing Euron himself like i think he's going to have like a major redemption there 
Um, but that is the last we see of Theon. We go back to Winterfell. This is my absolute most favorite scene in the whole episode. I can't tell you how much I love this. Like when this happened, I was like cheering. Let me go through it. Okay, Sansa is on top of the wall and she's looking out at the snow and basically looks like she's trying to solidify her decision, what she want to do. And she walks and she tells the guard, she's like, bring my sister to the Great Hall. And she walks off. And then when we see him in the Great Hall, you see Sansa and Bronn sitting at the table at the um, front of the Great Hall. And the Vale soldiers are lying on the wall. And Littlefinger is kind of on the wall in his favorite little cut spot where he can look and kind of just smirk at everything. And then the, they walk in Arya. She walks in and they shut the door behind her. So she's standing in the middle of the room. All these Vale soldiers and Littlefinger lining the walls. And Bran and Sansa at the table in front of her. And she Arya's looking around and she's looking at all the soldiers and then she looks at a little finger and she's a great actor she's looking a little worried like okay what's going on and he gives her a little smirk like hmm, 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 gotcha bitch and so Arya tells Sansa she's like are you sure you want to do this and Sansa's like it's not what I want it's what honor demands and so Arya says okay oh no she says and what does honor demand and Sansa's like that I defend my family for those from those who would harm us. That I defend the North from those who would betray us. And so Arya's like, okay, get on with it then. And so Sansa says, you stand accused of murder. You stand accused of treason. How do you answer these charges? Lord Baelish. And she kind of like turns her head and looks at him and says, Lord Baelish. And he's not even like aware of what's going on so like he's standing on the wall and he kind of like looks up like wait a minute what do you mean and everybody turns and stares at him and he is completely shocked and Arya starts to smile or whatever like that and she's like uh my sister asked you a question he's like wait a minute Lady Sansa I don't know what's going on and like Sansa just starts to name off all of his his charges she's like you murdered our aunt you pushed her out the moon door do you deny it you conspired to murder john aaron um with uh telling lisa to give him tears at least do you deny it you had uh lisa send a letter to my parents saying that the the lannisters were the um ones who killed him and you started this whole war everything happened because of you do you deny it and he was like i deny it uh, oh, she's like, and you conspired to the death of my father. Um, you plotted with uh, Cersei and plotted with Cersei and uh, what's the oh Joffrey to um, murder, uh, imprison my father, which ultimately led to my father's death. Do you deny it? And then at that point, Lifford's like, oh, no, I deny it. None of you were there. None of you know what happened. Uh, you know, that's not how it went down. And then Bran chimes in and he's like um you held a knife to his throat you said i did warn you not to trust me and Littlefinger is like oh yeah i forgot they got a psychic on their team and so he's flailing he don't know what to do he's like telling sansa he's like uh oh no aria's like and you told um brand that you didn't know whose knife this is and you told my mom that it was Tyrion's, but that's not true either this is your knife that you use um that you gave to try to kill brand 
And he runs up, the little thing runs up to Sansa. He's like, Sansa, if I could just talk to you alone, we could talk this out. And, you know, we could figure this out. And she's like, um, no, I, I'm a slow learner, but um, I know what's up now. Like, I, I'm good now. And he, um, she was like, um, when I think about, uh, you know, think about a person's um, ambitions and their actions, I think about what's the worst thing they think they can want. She's like, you turn family against family, you turn sisters against sister. That's what you did with my uh, mom and my aunt. You turned them against each other to get what you want. And he's like, you know, shook. And he goes up to Lord Royce and he's like, I am the, the Lord protector of the bell. I demand you to take me back. And Lord was like, nah, son, we ain't doing that. We ain't gonna do that. And then he starts to get on his knees and he starts to beg and he starts to cry. He's like, please, Sansa, don't do this. You know, I loved your mother. I love you. Please don't do this. And Sansa gets up and she's like, thank you for all your lessons. I'll never forget them. And she gives Arya the nod and then Arya walks up and he's like, Sansa. And Arya walks up and just whoop, slices his throat and walks back like a boss. Like it happens so quick. And he grabs his neck and he starts to fall. He goes, I, and then dies. And his last word is so fitting because all Littlefinger thinks about is himself. It's always I, I. I. And the fact that that was his last word was so fitting. His death was so amazing. His death was so satisfying. I loved it so much. Not only did I love how his death went down, I love the fact that I was right. I had said that it, like this whole thing between Sansa and Arya could not be real. Like they could not be really, you know, fighting against each other. Like they weren't going, she wasn't going to kill Arya. There's no way she's kind of following with this. Sansa is following with this thing that Littlefinger's talking about. There's no way. It has to be a plan. It has to be a plan. And of course, it was a plan. Now, as far as when they set this plan up, I'm not exactly sure. It's not really played out in the scene. Um, it does, they, the, at the end of the episode, the writers, um, the double D's do say that they knew that was their end point. Their end point was to set this whole, you know, gotcha moment up. And so they wrote the scenes leading up to that to kind of throw you off track. So they kind of did that to kind of throw us off track or whatever. At some point, Bran, Arya, and Sansa had to get together and talk about everything that was going on. It was said that there was a scene that was cut from the season or cut from the episode that showed Sansa and Littlefinger, I mean, sorry, Sansa and Bran having a conversation, I guess, to set up the plan. I'm not sure. I believe, for one, believe that the plan was set up in the Godswood where Bran and Arya first met up again. When um, Bran gives Arya the knife and she says something about Littlefinger, like they're talking about Littlefinger's, like uh, Arya's like, Littlefinger's here. And Sansa was like, well, why would Littlefinger give you that knife? He wants something or whatever. So I think they set that whole plan up then. At that point, some of the stuff does not make sense after that because in fact there are some sometimes where they're talking in closed rooms with nobody around it could be like i said um in previous podcasts it could be that they figure that little finger had a way of listening or finding out anyway but it is not played to where you would think that little finger is always listening so um 
And it makes sense, too, when, like, Arya snuck into his room. Like, it was very obvious that she snuck into his room. And, um, you know, she wasn't trying to sneak. She wasn't trying to hide the fact. She knew that he was watching her. And then the whole fact that Sansa's sending Brienne away because if Brienne was there, Brienne would try to intervene and she would, like, mess up their whole spot, like, mess up their whole plan. And so all of that makes sense. Just the scenes of them talking alone is the only thing that kind of throws the whole thing off. But as far as the whole play and coming together, all of that makes sense. I, I, I completely enjoy that. And then we go to King's Landing and we see Jamie. He's making battle plans uh, for the fight for the dead and, you know, telling his guys, OK, we're going to march this way. We're going to meet up here and we're going to do this. blah blah blah. And Cersei's like um, telling guys, um, Jamie, can I have a word with you? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then all the other um I guess commanders leave out or whatever. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm planning on the sea or, you know, the war, the war effort. I'm making plans. And she was like, I always thought you were the dumbest Lannister. Like, what are you, why are you doing that? She's like, are you stupid or just a traitor? He's like, what are you talking about? You pledged our houses to the fight. That's what we're doing. She was like, I, dude, that wasn't real. I, I'm never going to do that. He was like, wait a minute, what, what are you talking about? And she was like, um, you know, she was like, I, I lied. This, that's not what we're doing. Those are our enemies. They've been trying to kill us for years or whatever. You know, we're not helping them. And Jamie was like, this is not about houses and families. This is about the living and the dead. And I made a promise to help in the fight. And that's what I'm going to do. And so she's like, well, you know, the Dothraki screamers, the the uh, army of the dead and dragons, all the monsters are real. She's like, let the monsters kill each other while we take back our lands. And Jamie's like, well, do you understand um, there's a fight going on and somebody has to win. And so when the fighting is over, if the dead win, they will march south and kill us all. If the living win and we betrayed them, then they will march south and kill us all. There's no win-win in this situation. And Cersei goes like, um, he was like, she has dragons, you know, we can't beat them. And she was like, um, did you notice how many dragons came to King Landing? And she was like, um, she has three dragons. I only seen two. And he was like, one was probably guarding the ships or whatever. And she's like, nah, that ain't what happened. Something happened to that dragon. She don't, she's down one dragon. The dragons are vulnerable. So we can, we can kill them. And Jamie is like, like not understanding this. And he was like, there's no way, even if, you know, you, we do this, like, there's no way we could win. She has all those soldiers. And Cersei's like, well, tell him, well, we have gold and I um, commissioned the Golden Company to come and help us fight here. And Jamie's like, well, the Golden Company is in Essos. I don't understand how paying for the Golden Company in Essos is going to help us here at all whatsoever. How are we getting him here? And Cersei was like, well, um, what'd she say? Oh, she's like, uh, well, you don't really think Euron uh, went back to the Iron Islands. He's going to Essos to go pick up the uh, Golden Company for me. And she's like, nobody walks away from me. Like, you're stupid to believe that I would just let Euron just walk out on me without, you know, tossing a fit. Which makes sense for Cersei's character. Um, Jamie is 
mad. She was like, you, he was like, you plotted with urine behind my back. I'm the commander of your armies and you didn't put me in this. And she was like, well, you conspired behind my back with, uh, with Tyrion. He was like, what do you mean conspired? And she was like, you plotted with him to grant a meeting to, um, bring the people that's fighting us here, you know, here. And, you know, that's the, the definition of conspiracy, whatever, just going, singing some stupid shit. It don't even make sense. And Jamie, um, says, well, you know what? We made a promise. I'm going to be marching North, whether you like it or not. And Cersei was like, well, that would be treason. He was like, what do you mean treason? She's like, you're fighting with our enemies. That would be treason. And then he goes to walk away and Cersei, uh, the mountain blocks the path. And she's like, I told you, no one walks away from me. And Jamie says, are you really going to have the mountain kill me? I'm the only one you have left. Father's gone. Everybody else is gone. I'm the only one you have left. And Cersei's like, well, there's one more on the way. So you're not the only one. And he was like, he looks at, he looks at her like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And he was like, well, if you're going to have the mountain kill me, go ahead and have him kill me. Go ahead and do it. And so Cersei gives the mountain the nod and the mountain pulls his sword out. And Jamie's heart just breaks in like a million pieces at that moment because he was like, I cannot believe you're actually going to do this. But then he comes to his senses and he's like, I don't believe you. And just walks off. And the mountain doesn't do anything. So like, I guess she must've told the mountain if Jamie tries to walk off, act like you're going to kill him, but then don't do it. I don't know. Or if there was supposed to be like a second night to go ahead and get him. I don't know. But like the mountain doesn't do anything. And Jamie walks off. And this makes my heart so happy because finally, 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 Jamie is done with Cersei. We've been waiting for this and waiting for this for so many seasons and he's finally done. He's finally done with this toxic relationship. And I can't tell you how happy that I am. And he rides out. He's riding out on his horse or whatever. And he's putting on his glove to cover his his golden hand. And then you see a snowflake fall and hit his hand. And he wa- rides off. And it's like, yay! He finally left her! Yay! He finally left her! But what's really cool is now we have snow falling on went I mean on King's Landing and they play the Game of Thrones theme but it's really somber and really quiet and you, you know it's the streets are all like empty or whatever and they just go through this whole like maybe two minutes of showing the snow falling on King's Landing so it's like Jamie left and now Cersei is the ice queen and it's snow everywhere or something I don't know <laughs> Then we go back to Winterfell, and we have Sam and Gilly arriving in Winterfell. Bran is in his room sitting by the fire, just kind of chilling. Sam comes in there, and Bran's like, oh, Sam Tarly. And um, uh, Sam is like, oh, you remember me? I didn't think you remember me. He was like, yeah, of course I remember you. You helped me get beyond the wall. And Sam's like, well, what happened to you out there? Like, you went beyond the wall and you came back. What happened? And Bran's like, well, I became the three-eyed raven. And Sam goes, oh, okay. I don't I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> and brands was basically, I can see the past and I can see what's happening right now all over the world, everything that's happening. And he asked Sam, like, well, why are you here? And Sam is basically like, I'm here. I heard, you know, John is leading the fight into the North against the dead. I'm here to help. Like he needs all the people he can get. I'm, I'm going to help him. And Bran was like, oh, okay, well, John will be back soon. He's um, selling back to Winterfell. He has Daenerys Targaryen with him. And Sam was like, oh, did you see that in a vision? And Bran's like, nope. He holds up a a scroll. Like, yeah, not everything I need a vision for. I I know he's coming. And Bran's like, well, we, um, he needs to hurry up back. I have to tell him. I have something I have to tell him. And Sam's like, what is it? He was like, I have to tell him that he's not truly my father's son. He's the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. He's a, a Dornish bastard. His name is Sand. Oh, he was born in Dorne. His name is John Sand. And no, he said his last name is Sand. He's not a snow. And Sam was like, no, 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 no. He's not Sand. And he, Bran was like, yes, his name is John Sand. He was born in Dorne, that's what Dornish bastards are called. And Sam's like, he's not a freaking bastard. Like he tell, he's like, I was um, um, pers- uh, what is transcribing this old maester's diary, and the he wrote in his diary that Rhaegar annulled his marriage to Ilya and married somebody else in secret. Liana and Rhaegar got married. John is not a bastard. And Bran is like, what What you talking about? And Sam's like, can you see that? Can you go back and see that? And so we see Bran goes back in time and he sees the wedding between Liana and Rhaegar, which it was really cool to see that. The only gripe about that is Rhaegar had on Viserys old wig and it looked horrible. And I, that's not exactly what I expected Rhaegar to look like. I, re- you know, I wanted him to be beautiful, basically. And that wig was just—it—he looks so much like Viserys. And I—I I know they're brothers and everything like that, so I know that happens. But like, ugh, you could have found a better wig. Like, we don't like Viserys, so get him a better wig. But we see them getting married, and then um, it uh goes back to, you know. John being uh the the tower of the hand and uh, not tower of the hand um the um tower of joy where John was born and you see Liana whisper in Ned's ear and she's like his name is Aegon Targaryen and it's like all this swelling going on and Bran's like oh my god Robert's rebellion was a lie Rhaegar didn't kidnap and rape my aunt they got married and then you see um he's uh Bran is talking and this is all interspersed over other images and you see John knocking on Danny Sword's bow and he's like he loves her and or he loved her and then Danny opens the door and he's like and she loved him and then he goes to talk about how John is the true born heir of the he's a true uh true born he's uh Aegon Targaryen he's the heir to the throne and all this is going on as uh John and Danny are like getting it on and you see Tyrion he's kind of lurking in the shadows for some reason and um Bran is like, he's never been a bastard. He's the heir to the Iron Throne. And like, 
over John and Danny boning. So he never actually says like, oh, he never says, well, uh, John is Daenerys's nephew and they're related and blah, blah, blah. But like everybody in the world is thinking that. But hey, we're so happy to see John and Danny boning, which is crazy because season one, episode one, we see uh, the twins boning. We see Cersei and Jamie boning. And we're like, ew, incest, that's weird. And then Viserys is kind of like filling up on Danny. We're like, ew, incest, that's weird. But as soon as there was a possibility for John and Danny to get, get together, everybody was like, that's his aunt. But it's okay. They're not brother and sister, so we're okay with that. Targaryens have wed each other for thousands of years. Like everybody's making excuses for it because everybody, everybody, everybody wants to see John and Danny get together, and they finally did. They're finally booting. They're finally together. But they show Tyrion again. He's kind of like in the background, and he looks like really upset by this. Um, and then Bran goes, "Well, he needs to know." Alright, so from when I first saw Tyrion's face, my mind went to the scene that he had with Cersei. So basically, he's talking to Cersei, and she's talking about how he's trying to destroy the family. And he was like, I'm not trying to destroy the family. That's not what I'm trying to do. And then he finds out that she's pregnant. And then she comes out later, and she's like, oh, like, I agreed to help you guys. And... Then we later find out that it was all a plan and all a ploy just to get Danny and them to leave and, you know, give them false hope or whatever like that and kind of play behind her back. And so this whole thing had me thinking, especially with Tyrion, like making faces at the end, it made me feel like Tyrion was betraying Danny. Like he had a plan against Danny. Somebody brought up the fact that. Um, he knew Danny can't have kids and he probably told Cersei that and like, well, she's not a threat to your reign and the fact that her and John are boning, she might get pregnant, blah, 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 all this other stuff. So that was my whole theory on why Tyrion was looking in the shadows, why he was looking so, you know, distraught at the fact that, um, um, Danny and John were boning. Somebody else has a different explanation for it. So I'm going to go ahead and read their explanation. This was something on Facebook. I don't think I got a name on who said this, but this is, it's long, but it has a whole um, explanation of what happened between Cersei and Tyrion and why Cersei did what she did and why Tyrion did what he did. Basically it says, Tyrion is not a traitor or a spy. He has allies knowing nothing, or he, he and his allies know nothing about Cersei's plan. Cersei's plan were to lay some traps and gather information. Euron leaving Dragon Pit after seeing the White Walker is her first trap and the first piece of information she gathers. The trap is that Euron is out there on his way to bring 20,000 Golden Company soldiers, which are excellent fighters and can give the Unsullied and the Dothraki a run for the money. The information she gathers is that the Walkers can't swim, Worst case scenario, she relocates herself to the Iron Islands and lives happily ever after until the zombie dragon arrives. Cersei suspects that Daenerys lost her dragon. Great news, great news as the dragons are a, the real threat. As she told Jamie, Danny comes to King's Landing with all her force. So if one dragon is missing, it's probably because he's dead. Another important piece of information she gathers. 
in that room, we could see how much she hates Tyrion. She hates Tyrion so much that she almost orders the mountain to slice him in half, risking a war and all her plans will be good for nothing. Instead, she unintentionally places her hand on her belly, or unintentionally is in quotes, places her hand on her belly to let Tyrion know that she's pregnant. From this moment, we don't know what happened, but in my opinion, Tyrion told her that if she wants a better future for her child, she must accept the treaty. In response, she gives him a better deal, which is helping John and Danny to fight against the Walkers. So this is her third trap to send John and Danny um, to send John and Danny to fight the Walkers while she takes her lands back. Later, she will fight what's left of the army or the undead, and in worst case scenario, she can relocate herself to the Iron Islands. Um, so, what is the so what was that look from Tyrion? He probably loves Danny and is jealous. We had some hints about that from the conversation between Danny and Tyrion from the finale in season six, when he said he wasn't the first to love you, he won't be the last. Um, let me see here. Tyrion feels he's losing his grip on Danny, especially when John is around. She loves John, and naturally, she will listen to him more than Tyrion. So now, with their relationship. Now that their relationship is in the next level and a, a possible future marriage between them, Tyrion feels a bit unwanted. He's afraid that his opinion won't matter anymore. Tyrion's afraid to lose Danny. He knows that if she dies, all plans, all the plans to make the better future will be ruined. He remembered how she almost died in the fight against the Lannisters. He remembers how she jumped on her dragons and flew to the north to save Jon. He knows that she is willing to risk her dragons and probably now her life to save Jon. Um, he doesn't want her to want her to lose her life for him or for anyone. His ultimate goal is to see Danny on the Iron Throne, but with Jon in the picture, this dream of his can be ruined. So that does make a lot of sense. I don't want to give Cersei so much credit to planning everything from the beginning, but it does make sense. Like Euron, when he jumped up and he was like, you know, being all like a asshole, or whatever. And uh, Cersei makes a comment, um, sit down or leave. So I think that was her plan all, all along. Like she didn't really, I don't think she really believed that whatever was going on was going on. But I think whatever they had going on or if they said something like a keyword, she would have like played along and have him play along and go ahead and leave and act like he's going to his iron islands. So it played out for her better than she thought it would be. And so her plan all along was for him to act like he was leaving, going back home, but actually he was going to Essos to get the golden company. I can believe that because of the way it played out. Tyrion, I guess I can believe the fact that because when she when Danny made Tyrion the hand of the queen back um, at the end of season six, like that was the first time where he's felt like he, you know, he's earned his position. And this whole season where she's been getting mad at him because, like, things have been messing up. And then the first time she asked John for his help to ask him, you know, what do you think? I think Tyrion does feel like he's losing his grip for Danny, And the fact that Danny, um is reckless when it comes to John, Like, she was reckless 
as far as going up beyond the wall. I mean, yeah, it's it saved the guys. So, like, if Danny didn't go, all those guys would be dead. But all those guys are not vying to be the ruler over the Seven Kingdoms. She is. So the fact that she left and she took her dragons and then lost a dragon, like, her being in love with John is dangerous. So I can believe all of that. I can believe that Tyrion is not plotting against Danny, but he feels like with Danny and John being together, that's a dangerous situation that is going to cause some troubles. Um, the last thing we have at Winterfell, we see Arya and Sansa. They're talking at the top of the wall. And Sansa's like, well, I don't know if that was the right thing. And Sansa, Arya's like, yeah, you did the right thing. And Sansa was like, well, I, I'm not the one that did it. You did it. And Arya's like, I was just the executioner. You're the one that passed, passed the uh, the um, sentence. Which, that could be her downfall, too, because Ned has always taught them whoever passes the sentence will should swing the sword. So the fact that she didn't do it herself could be a thing. But, you know, they're a cohesive unit now. Like, they're together now. So the fact that I think they all passed the sentence on him, basically. Um, but um, she tells Sansa, like, you're the lady of Winterfell, and you did what you had to do. And Sansa asks Arya, she was like, well, does that bother you? And I was like, I was never going to be the lady of Winterfell. I knew that. So I knew I had to become someone else. And that's what I did. I became someone else. She was like, you're what, what everything that she went through. I, I couldn't, I could have never survived that. Like I could have never sent up five, what you went through. And Sansa was like, well, you could have, she's like, you're the strongest person I know. And so even those lines right there leads me to believe that everything, that whole fighting that they they went through was all a ploy because when they were fighting, Arya was telling her basically, you know, you were plotting with the, with the um, other people. She was like, you know, you were in this lofty position with the Lannisters and the Boltons or whatever like that. And, you know, when the Lords asked you why you did what you did, are you going to claim that you was a little kid? Like basically belittling everything that Sansa went through and at this point, she's telling Sansa, like, whatever, what you went through was horrible. I could have never want, gone through that. So that's another clue telling me that they, that whole, all their fighting was a ploy and a plot to get Littlefinger. It still doesn't make sense that they were in a closed room, but like I said, they could have thought that Littlefinger was listening somehow. Um, Sansa, um says to um, Arya, she's like, yeah, you're the strongest person I know. You could have survived what I did. And Arya goes, I believe that's the nicest thing you ever said to me. And Sansa was like, don't get used to it. You're still very strange and annoying. And Arya, just looking out, she starts to go into um, this quote. She says, in winter, we must protect ourselves. Look after one another. And Sansa's like, oh, father. And she goes, when the snow falls and the wind, white winds blow, the lone whip dies, but the pack survives. And they both talk about how much they miss Ned. And I tell you, at this point, this whole conversation, I had something in my eye because I was all teary-eyed. I was getting all choked up. This is the Sansa and Arya I want to see. Like, yeah, they were fighting before, you know, they got split up. And they didn't get along before they got split up. But, like, everything they went through, like, separately... 
it's been crap and they have to appreciate what each person has been through and the fact that they both survived and they both came back together and now they're like taking care of their house. So like I'm starting to get a little choked up right now, but like I I absolutely love that scene with them. Like it was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. Um, you hear the uh, Winterfell theme starts to swell or whatever, and then you see Bran getting a vision. He's sitting at the heart tree and he starts to get a vision. So we head to Eastwatch. Um, we see Bran is having his vision or whatever, and you see a bunch of crows flying over the wall at Eastwatch. Beric and Tormund they're at the top of the wall, and they're basically saying, um. You know, um, Beric is like, is really high up here. And Tormund's like, yeah, the crows told me I get used to it or whatever. But um, they're just standing out there looking over the wall towards the north. And then um, Tormund sees one of the White Walkers on his horse come out of the forest. And then you see all of the dead army just start pouring out of the forest. And then you get the three blasts of three blasts, White Walkers. Um, they come pouring and pouring out giants and all come pouring out at all out of the, the woods and they, they get out of the woods and then they kind of stop. Like after all, they all pour out, they kind of just stop and stand there and they look up and then Tormund's just looking at them like, Oh God, they're here. They're here. They're here. And then you hear a dragon screech, a, ah! you know, a dragon screech and freaking dead, uh, Viserion just kind of shoots out. And heads toward a wall and like shoots this blue flame out of his mouth towards the wall. And Torment and them, they're like freaking out. They're like, go, 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 run, 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 run. So they run in, they trying to get down off of the top of the wall. And the dragon is coming back. You see the Night King sitting on the dragon bag. He's riding the dragon or whatever like that. He might be part Targaryen, I don't know. But he's riding the dragon, and dragon's blowing this blue fire, this ice dragon's blowing blue fire at the wall, and he keeps pounding and pounding the wall with this blue fire until the wall starts to crumble. A wall starts to come down. The last we see Torment and Beric, they're sitting on the side of the wall where the wall is starting to come down, and I don't know if my Torment Bay is dead or not because the wall went down. It looked like everywhere... There was like steps to get down off of the wall, like all of that crumbled. So I don't know if Tormund died or not. I'm gonna be so mad if Tormund died. But the wall comes down, like, and that also uh, it plays into the fact that everybody was so pissed off that the White Walkers haven't moved. They've been stuck in the same spot in the north. And when you know Danny came and he decided to go ahead and kill the dragon or whatever. Like, that was his whole plan. He's He was sitting there in the north waiting for, like, that It proves he's a green seer. He was sitting there waiting in the north, waiting for John and him to come, waiting for Danny to come save him so he can get him a dragon, kill the dragon, and turn the dragon so the dragon can take the wall down. It was all a ploy. It was all a play. It makes sense that the White Walkers didn't move. For one, they can't go past the wall. So, of course, they didn't move. And for two, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that was his way to get a dragon to go ahead and bring down the wall. 
so all his people can get through. And that's exactly what happened. The wall came down. You see the, the army of the dead. They're moving forward past the wall. And it's funny because, like, they do this overhead shot of the dead. And the way that they're positioned walking, you know, forward, they're positioning like the Stark sigil. So I don't know if this is the whole thing, like, brand is the Night King or they're trying to say that the Night King is a Stark. I'm not exactly sure what that is or if it was just a funny coincidence or if it was just something that he put in there to mess with everybody for like two years. But the formation that they're walking in, it is the Stark sigil. And so they're walking in there. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Like the dead is here. The dead is past the wall and they are ready to start the fight. And I'm guessing season eight is going to be all like the first because it's only six, six episodes, but they're all supposed to be like feature length episodes. So maybe the first three episodes are fighting the dead and the last three are fighting the living. I'm not sure. But this episode was really good. Everything that you wanted to happen in this season, it happened in this episode and it was freaking amazing and I'm trying to go back and see did I miss any plot points did I miss any theories or anything like that you know basically um talk about Cersei and how she planned it from the beginning and she lied and she um is bringing the golden company over to kind of take her lands back um she I guess she tells Danny and them about it for them to go ahead and um go ahead with the war that gives her time to get the golden company here to go ahead and fight um let's see here the mountain Clegane ball hopefully yay uh let's see here john and danny boning um there's this whole thing about how danny is going to react to john because um bran is like when he comes back we have to tell him we have to tell him who he is and and we have to tell him that he's the heir to the iron throne and so there's this whole thing how people are like, well, how is Danny going to take this? Because her whole thing is she is the last um, Targaryen and by blood and by right, the throne is hers. Well, since um, John is the trueborn heir of Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark, he is next in line for succession of the throne. So the throne is actually his, not hers. So there's this whole thing about how she is, how is she going to react to John actually being the heir to the throne and not her? And then the whole thing is how John is going to react when he finds out that that's his aunt that he just fucked. So it's this whole thing that they're trying to go into season eight about. Um, as far as Danny, if Danny and John get together, I don't think it's going to matter if he's the heir or not. Because if they're both together, then they're both ruling the Seven Kingdoms together. Like, who cares, um, you know, who cares if he's the heir or if she's the heir, if they're both on the Iron Throne. So, but the whole thing is, if he is crowned the king and she's just the queen by his side, is it going to cause a rift with the people that's following her? Like, if they're going to be like, oh, we have to follow him now. The other thing is, I don't think, even if John finds out he's the heir to the throne, he's not going to want it. Like, he has always been the reluctant leader. Like, when it came to being um, Lord Commander, he didn't want to be Lord Commander. They elected him Lord Commander. Same as with the King of the North. He didn't want to be King of the North. They elected him King of the North. Like, he doesn't want to be put in these positions of leadership. He's just a natural-born leader. 
so when it comes to the throne, if Danny has an issue with like, you know, um, well, you're the heir to the throne, but it's mine. And she brings up an issue with it. I, I have no doubt in my mind that John is going to be like, no, it's fine. You can have it. I don't even want it. Like we can rule together. You can be the queen sitting on the throne and I could just be your king on the side. I don't care. So I don't think that's a m- more of an issue. I think the most, the biggest issue with John is going to be the fact that he fucked his aunt. Because uh, although it is normal for Targaryens to have sex with or, you know, breed with or wed their family members, is not common in the Stark household. So John might have an issue with that. And that might cause something with him and him. Danny's not going to care because... She she thought before she married Kyle Drogo, she figured she was gonna marry Viserys, her her brother Viserys anyway. So like, it's not weird for her, but I I can see how it could be weird for him. And they've been kind of laying on really thick about this whole baby thing, the fact that she brings up a couple times that she can't have kids, and then John's like, "Oh, you believe in that witch that you can't have kids? I don't think that's true." So I think she's gonna actually get pregnant at the end of the books. Um, the last book, uh, we get to this point where, like, she's in a, the Dothraki Sea right before she gets um, surrounded by the Dothraki, and she starts, she has a period for the first time in forever. So, I think in the books, it was leading towards the fact that she can get pregnant now. Um, on the show, they don't really kind of, they don't really hint to that, but I think this is their way of hinting to it without showing her on her period Basically, she can get pregnant. Um, maybe she, her body was waiting for another Targaryen to impregnate her. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe her, John, and the baby are the three heads of the dragon. I don't know. Maybe this, uh, um, Drogon is going to lay a, a baby uh, egg or whatever like that. And so when she has her baby and, you know, she gets pregnant, has her baby, the the soon as she has her baby, the egg hatches, and then that's the little baby's dragon or whatever. I don't know. The other thing is, um, John name John's real name is Aegon Targaryen, and that's kind of confusing just from the simple fact that Rhaegar and when he was married to Ilya, they had two kids. I can't remember what the two kids were. Like the girl was, he had a girl and a boy, and the boy's name was Aegon Targaryen. Um, I, I did not look. I'm sorry. I did not look up to see when Aegon Targaryen died and when John was born. I don't know if he named uh, John Aegon Targaryen to replace the Aegon of before or what. But it's kind of weird to have two kids named Aegon. So I don't know why his name is Aegon and not like maybe Aemon or something else. That was kind of weird that his name wound up being Aegon. I don't know if they're trying to tie in, if the showrunners are trying to tie in the fake Aegon that's in the books. Because there's this dude running around that's uh, supposed to be Aegon, like they switched the babies. And before the mountain killed baby Aegon, they switched the babies. And so the baby he killed wasn't Aegon. Aegon, um, the real Aegon was uh, spirited off to Essos and grown up. And now he's coming back to take back his throne. So I and everybody call him fake Aegon because they don't know if he's a real Aegon or not. So I don't know if they're trying to mix those two storylines together or what? Because it's really weird that his name would be Aegon, but hey, who knows? 
who knows who knows and trying to think i think that is all i have really all speculation um i do believe i'm let me go through and say what my speculation for season eight is like i said for i think the fight against the dead is going to be the first three seasons or four i mean first three episodes or four episodes and then the last couple episodes will be the fight against cersei and the golden company will finally get to see the golden company next season so that's going to be awesome because that's been the thing in the books um and so to see them that happen that'll be pretty cool the dothraki versus the golden company or the dothraki and the unsolid against the golden company i think that'll be pretty cool to watch um of course the the they have to defeat the dead like there's no way that the dead's gonna win this they have to defeat the dead and so like i said that's going to be the first couple of episodes i'm not sure how they're going to do that because now the dead has a dragon but maybe drogon is going to kill him may i i still speculate that all three dragons are going to die Rhaegal, drogon and viserion who's not dead i think they're all going to tear each other down because you can't continue to have dragons like then you're in this whole Targaryen time loop again where the Targaryens are the only one to rule. And the fact that Danny said she wanted to break the wheel, that's not breaking the wheel because if you have dragons, everybody's going to always be afraid of Targaryens. Like nobody else is going to want to elect anybody else other than Targaryens. So that's not breaking the wheel. Breaking the wheel is a democratic process where, yes, you take over. But after that, then we do stuff more democratically. So I don't know how that's going to play out or whatever i think they might do about an episode on you know john and his feelings towards danny and then Tyrion coming in and kind of you know telling him how you know this is not going to work or you know i don't know i don't know where Tyrion falls in that i don't want Tyrion to die um but i don't know how he falls in that you have um jamie leaving cersei's side and i believe he must be going to be with Tyrion to fight with his side how is that going to work as far as because Tyrion is with danny danny is now with the north uh jamie is the one that pushed Bran out the window. I'm sure Bran knows this by now. And I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. That's going to be really interesting to see. Littlefinger is dead. Does Arya use Littlefinger's face um, to get back to Winter? I mean, to get back to King's Landing and kill Cersei? I don't know. I don't really want Littlefinger to kill Cersei. I kind of really don't want Arya to kill Cersei. I want Jamie, especially now that Jamie is done drinking the Kool-Aid and he's done with all that mess. I want Jamie to kill Cersei. Like that's what I want done. That's what I want to happen. And so even Tyrion killing Cersei is not as satisfying as Jamie killing Cersei. I that's what I want to see. Um, do I think Cersei is going to have the baby? I don't think so. She was prophesied to have three kids, not four. So there's no way that baby gets born. There's no way that baby gets born. Like, there's no way the baby gets born. Um, let me see. What else is there to speculate about? Um, oh, well, when Jon finds out he's a Targaryen or where the North finds out he's a Targaryen, how are they going to feel about that? Because like I said, the or like Bran said, Robert's Rebellion was a lie and Rhaegar and Lyanna were together. And so everything that they went through after that, 
basically, well, I mean, I guess they had to kill the Mad King because he was crazy. And, you know, it was a Targaryen that took down the Lord Stark, Rickard or whatever Stark of Winterfell. So, like, are the Northern Lords going to be, like, pissed off at Jon? Because he's a Targaryen, or are they gonna hate Danny because she's a Targaryen? Like, there's all this like conflict that's gonna come up. Even though we kind of settled some things, there's a lot of conflict that's yet to happen. And I am super excited for season eight. But unfortunately, like I said, we have to wait until 2019 to get it. Hopefully, it's late 2018 because they said it could be late 2018 or 2019. Hopefully it is late 2018 because that would be amazing. We don't have to wait so long, but um, I, I, I'm i just so excited. Like I, I watched the episode. That was my third time. I watched it first when it aired. I watched it with a friend later and I watched it again to um, do my notes. And I, I am excited. I want to watch it the whole season all over again. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to have the time to do that or not, but I, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it again before the new season starts. Um, this season was amazing. It had like, it had that because they only had seven episodes and because they have to get to these bullet points or whatever, it was going super fast. So one of the problems about this season is the fast travel that they had or whatever, but they had to get certain characters to certain points. So I get, I give them credit for that or whatever. Um, I don't blame him for that because they had to get the story to a certain point. So they had to do a lot of jetpacking all over the place. Um, I liked the way it looked different than any other season. Um, it just had a different feel to it. It was very entertaining. All the reunions was so great. I loved all of it. Like every, just about every episode had a, a touching reunion that made your heart melt and that's what I love like you love seeing these people get back together you love seeing people who's never been together get together everything like everything when the show started everything was so spread out it was all over the seven kingdoms and Essos and now everything is contracting smaller and smaller everybody's getting together so I'm really really enjoying that um I can't wait to see um Theon um, take on your on next season. I think that's going to be great. Um, like I said, this season was amazing. My best, best, and I, uh, I have to think about it and I might be just getting, you know, still on the high of the finale, but I, my best season, I mean, my best scene so far is the Arya, well, Littlefinger's death, basically, just because I was so happy. It, I was as happy about that as I was when Joffrey died. But I don't know, like Battle of the Bastards, it was really, 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 really good as well. So I don't know what my best is. I'm going to do a total rewatch of the um, of the whole series before season eight starts. And maybe I'll come up with a different, you know, best scene, best, you know, season, best episode type thing. But um, like I said, this this season was a wild ride. It was very good, and I enjoy it, and I cannot wait till season eight. Um, again, my rating for this episode was a six out of ten. A ten out of ten. It was perfect. It was amazing. It was exciting. It did everything it needed to do. Um, it was amazing. 
I do want to thank you all for listening to this uh, longer episode of Kel's Watch and Tell. Please join me for the next episode, episode 13, where I'll be reviewing the Netflix movie Death Note. I'm not going to... I tried to watch this movie already, and I turned it off 30 minutes in. So we're going to see how it works out when I try to watch it again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's going to be my next episode. It's going to be on... um, the Netflix movie Death Note. So I will see you then. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.